0: Hello friends, Chris Matthew with Forbidden Knowledge News, here with a special announcement. We are starting production on the Forbidden Documentary. That's right, we're breaking out the camera, lights, microphone, and hitting the road. This is going to be much bigger than your average conspiracy doc. It's going to be a conspiracy docu-series. And we're going to take all of you on the road with Forbidden Knowledge news, as well as all your favorite guests that have appeared over the years, authors, researchers, scientists, whistleblowers, contactees, fellow broadcasters, and some of you listening as well. The topics will include paranormal, ufology, historical conspiracies, hidden ancient history, current conspiracies, spirituality, cryptids, and much, much more. We're going to visit sacred and spiritual sites and places of high, high strangeness and hopefully visit with as many of you along the way as possible. This project is currently completely self-funded and we're asking for your help. We are going to jump into this head first and hopefully the universe and maybe some of our amazing audience will help a bit. If you'd like to get involved with the production, email me forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com And if you would like to help by leaving a donation, we have a Buy Me a Coffee or PayPal option. You can go to supportfkn.com or click that PayPal link in the description. Any amount is greatly appreciated and will help tremendously. And if you make a donation through supportfkn.com, you're going to also get access to select chapters from Corey Hughes' upcoming book about the JFK assassination. Be a part of an epic journey of discovery and truth
1: with The Forbidden Documentary. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host Chris Matthew.
0: Tonight my guests are Corey Hughes and Charlie Robinson. Before I bring them on, I have a few announcements. Uh, if you've been a listener of this show, you know that I very rarely, if ever, ask for donations. Although there's always been a way to donate in the description. Things are changing very fast in our world, and in order for this show to continue, we really need your help. If you'd like to make a donation, I, like I said, the links are in the description. This would especially help right now because Corey Hughes is relocating out here. Um, He is my partner with the show and the network. He could really use help with this. Uh, He's doing this next week uh, and then we'll be able to put out much more content, get a lot more accomplished once he gets here. Uh, Another way to help, you can also subscribe to our premium site, which will be relaunching very soon with brand new exclusive content that we're very excited about, and that's a great way you can support Forbidden Knowledge News and get more amazing content and information during these critical times. I want to thank everyone that donated, especially to help get our new server. We really appreciate it. We're still working on getting the social media site back up, but it will be up very soon. I also want to thank C60 Purple Power. I don't believe in coincidences, and I believe that C60 has not only benefited my health, but my consciousness and even spiritual side. Find out more about C60 Purple Power and all of its amazing health benefits. Visit c60purplepower.com knowledge 10 or click the link in the description. You get 10% off plus free shipping. Also, starting this Sunday at 2 p.m. Central, I'm going to be co-hosting a brand new show with my friend Karen Holton on her channel called Forbidden Transformation. It's going to be an awesome live interactive show. You won't want to miss that. It's going to, like I said, it's going to be on her YouTube channel. Karen is also the creator of the Quantum Health Transformation Program. If you're ready to take back control of your health and overall well-being, she has all the tools that you can get yourself there. Get yourself where you need to be. Her website, offers so much free information and resources to help you. Go to KarenHoltonHealthCoach.com and check out her YouTube channel, Karen Holton. Our show, again, starts this Sunday at 2 p.m. Central Time on her channel. My final announcement tonight is Saturday, this Saturday, the 29th, join Dr. Michael Sala, who will be my guest tomorrow night, Laura Eisenhower and John D'Souza, in an all-day online conference, ExoPolitics and 2021 Predictions. You won't want to miss that. That's this Saturday, the 29th. All links are in the description. Tonight, I want to welcome back to the show, Charlie Robinson and Corey Hughes. Charlie is an author, researcher, and host of Macroaggressions podcast. Corey is my co-host and researcher of JFK assassination and psychological warfare campaigns. Gentlemen, welcome back. How are you tonight? Good, thank you. Well, thank you all so much for coming on. Um, I've come to the full realization right now that we are at the most critical time in modern history. Me and Charlie were talking a little bit about this before the show. I think this is in game and that with. Each day that passes, we loosen more of our rights, freedoms, our jobs, our voices. And if you can't see what's unfolding right now in front of you, you might as well just sign up for the mandatory vaccine universal income social credit slave system dystopia right now, because uh, I know that there are those of you out there that do see and more starting to wake up every day. Tonight, we're going to do our part in this by bringing you this information and truth, and you can decide for yourself what you want to do with the information um, I believe there is a way to fight this, but it takes a lot of us. It's going to take all of us. Um, now, gentlemen, I'm going to start with uh, Charlie. How do you feel about the way this global situation is unfolding and quickening every day, just losing more and more of our freedoms and everything that's happening?
1: Well, it's a case study in social control, psychopathy, uh, functional obsolescence, planned outcomes. I mean, the, the, it's, it's, it's the. I think a lot of people that are living through this right now are at a bit of a disadvantage than, than we are and maybe a, a lot of our viewers in that they mistakenly still assume that the people in positions of power care about them and are looking out for them, looking out for their health and want what's best for them. I think the sooner people realize that the politicians and the think tanks and the NGOs and all the people that are in these scams, running, these, running this operation on us, I think the sooner that the general public knows, not thanks, but understands and knows that those people hate them, actively want them removed from this planet, they're not trying to help. As soon as you come to that realization and you frame it differently, then things start to make a lot more sense. It's like, oh God, why are they so incompetent? Why are they getting these numbers wrong? Why are they telling us to do one thing and then the other? And we've done this. We've had this show before. We we lay out, we show you in like the CIA manuals where, for psychological operations, how this is an intentional thing, how they bombard you with conflicting information to keep you destabilized and all those things. So I think that I mean, it's insane. Obviously we're, we're living through 2020. It's, it's like the whole year is it's like a cartoon, like watching a really horrible cartoon. I mean, you're just like laughing and like, I can't believe this is actually happening, but, but I think there's still a huge percentage of the population that think that the cavalry, like the government is coming soon to help them. And so they're waiting it's like learned helplessness. You know, they're sitting around just waiting for someone to save them. And I want to just scream like, it's not coming. The, the, the vaccine that you think is coming to save you so we can get back to normal is, is not the outcome you want. This is, this is the worst possible scenario. And yet there's going to be a huge percentage of the population that's going to willingly stand up, get in line, get a vaccine because they watch their mainstream news. They don't know any better. They don't want to I don't understand that Big Farm has paid $4 billion to in settlement claims for vaccine-related damages, and half of that comes from the flu shot. And the flu shot has been around for 70 years, and it still hasn't cured the flu. And the coronavirus is a flu. So you're going to get this rushed vaccine to what? Save you from something with a 99.76% survival rate for people that get it in a median date age of death of 80 if those people, all those people that think they still want that after that, those are the type of people that I would prey on at the poker table because they're bad at math and they're bad at statistics and they don't understand the numbers. Because if you're willing to take an experimental vaccine to cure you from a disease that you currently don't have, but if you do get it, has a 99.76% survival rate, then you're an idiot. I mean, you're retarded literally, because you can't comprehend or calculate the odds and everything. And so, but there's going to be tons of these people lined up for it. And so I, I, I'll tell you how I feel, Chris, I feel conflicted because part of me wants to, you know, try to wake everybody up as best as I can. And the other part of me, a smaller part, but still part of me wants to say, you know what, you, If you get that vaccine, you get what you deserve then because you're clearly too stupid to figure out to see this obvious, obvious horseshit plan that's unfolding in front of us. And if you can't figure that out, well, then maybe these globalists are, are – or maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. Maybe there's a certain percentage of the population that needs to be culled, right? That's what they want to do. They, they want to get rid of all of us. But it's like, geez, you know, the eugenics model is in full effect here because it's like, well, we're going to thin out all the stupid people. And if you're, if you're lining up for this vaccine, consider yourself in that stupid category.
0: I'd have to agree with you 100%. Uh, you have anything to add to that, Corey, or any other thoughts on that?
2: Well, the uh, overwhelming aspect uh, that catches my attention to this thing is the intelligence uh, operation, which is, it's a part of it. It's not the entire thing, but it's uh, kind of facilitated to the public through intelligence because they use the media. And we'll talk a little bit about Operation uh, Mockingbird later on. But basically the CIA owns the media, plain and simple. Um, I think even some of these independent were against the mainstream media news groups that pop up are CIA operations also. But the problem is you got motherfuckers like Mike Pompeo (laughs) uh, running the show. That guy is such a dumb fucking idiot. I can't even believe that they put him in charge of intelligence for the US. Um, Everything that guy says is obvious. He's lying. Um, And he has been one of the, uh, you know, kind of uh, forerunners of wearing a mask and all this crap. But the problem is they're moving too fast. These guys are like third generation, fourth generation intelligence from from its origins back in World War II. And it's like the teaching didn't stick with some of these guys because back in the day, the propaganda was good and there was no internet. And so people couldn't really look things up. They just had no choice but to kind of take their word for it. But these days when people can look things up, there's no reason to believe a damn thing they say. And when you actually understand psych warfare and go through all the last, I don't know, 50, 60 years of news headlines, you realize that they have been spewing nothing but falsehoods forever. So, um, you know, people admit, uh, everyone will say, oh, yeah, the government lies to us. But then when you like, point out specifics, they're like, oh, no, I believe that. So it really doesn't make any sense. Uh, you can't believe anything that comes from the government at all, especially on this. Uh, they're moving way too quickly, in my opinion. Um, if they would have started dropping hints about something like this a year or two ago, you know, it would have had time to sink in and people would kind of say, oh, we knew this was coming. Let's prepare. We know what you know, to expect. But they didn't. It was like overnight, they flipped the switch, tried to drop all this propaganda on us at once. And even the normies are picking up on it. So you well, know, there is one who gave us advance notice, Fauci, in 2017. <laughs> he said Donald Trump is going to
1: experience a pandemic during his presidency.
2: Prize. Sure did. Yeah, you should go wow. look into that guy's um, uh, HIV stuff back in like 1980, like three or four years before the it was AIDS, even considered. HIV
1: AIDS community, yeah. they hate that guy. They want yeah. that guy strung up at the town square for sure. They have mm-hmm. huge problems with that guy. I never even heard of him. I didn't hear about him until this year. I got to be honest, I I'd never heard of him until you know six months ago. But the people that were heavy into the AIDS um, epidemic that were either you know personally affected by it or or had some sort of scientific involvement, oh, they knew who he was you know, three decades ago.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I think they've done a really good job at so far is dividing people. The polarization right now is it's definitely there and it's strong. Um, people hate each other more now than I've seen in a long time. I think they've done a great job, not only with the, the COVID thing and, you know, um, are you if you're not going to wear a mask, we're going to shame you. And the people who who are agreeing with these with the media and these these sham doctors, and then the other side who are seeing through it. And then we have the 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 racial side right now, and the the side that's protesting against the police and then there's a total polarization there with you know there's white supremacists on one side and then blm on the other i mean they've done just such an excellent job of having this whole nation completely just divided perfectly right now wouldn't you say
2: well, I think it's funny that you mentioned white supremacists because that's kind of pushed very often as like hate groups and this and that. And like, there is really no organized white supremacy movement in this country that has any kind of funding organization, nothing. And the ones that do usually um, right. are funded by groups like the ADL, covertly. I was like, just going to say, you mean besides Israel, no. right? <laughs> Like, <laughs> like so, if you go back they to- don't w- consider
1: they don't consider themselves white when they get into these arguments. They consider us to be white, but they're a different, they're a different subset of that so it's like yeah they're descended
2: from turks they're more arabs than anything else right um so it's funny if you go back to like the world war ii there was an american nazi party had like six members <laughs> and it was led by a guy named fritzberg and they ended up uh folding and uh, when they were audited it turned out that most of their funding came from groups like the world zionist congress and the adl and stuff like that you know so israel is a bunch of cunts they fucking create these they create the opposition and fund it and say look how bad they are <laughs> And that's exactly what they did with white supremacy because it's really the dumbest. All supremacy is the dumbest shit in the world. We're all fucking monkeys. You know what I mean? Like it's ridiculous. I'll be, and I'll
1: be honest, man. Look at me. I'm a white guy <laughs> with a shaved head. Uh, I've never had any white supremacy white as you can get. If I was any whiter, I'd be clear. I've, I've never been approached never been approached by a white supremacist group to join. I've never heard it. The closest I've ever come to seeing anything like that was I always thought Huntington Beach was a little, a little sketchy, a little like white power-ish, you know, but it wasn't like organized or anything. I just, I just, I always, I just saw a lot of guys with Doc Martin boots and like stuff like that. And I just, but this, I don't know, the, the, the white supremacists online radicalizing it. Where are they? Why haven't they come to radicalize me? I'm I mean, I, wouldn't they want to pick me up as a member? I've just never seen it. And I think the whole white supremacy thing is a is a it's myth a, in a sense. I mean, yeah. yeah, you've got the KKK, but the KKK, honestly, what are they doing these days? I mean, they're like out on some guy's ranch, you know, <laughs> burning a cross with like 40 of their friends and that's the extent and drinking moonshine? I mean, what are what are we are we really worried about that? I'm not worried about the Klan. Like at all?
2: No. Once upon a time, they had power. I mean, like Woodrow Wilson had a a Klan ceremony in his like inauguration party. <laughs> but like those well, days, the, are, the, there's those that. Days are a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a straw man for sure. Um, and see, th- I want to make a point here. It is used to pit people against each other, right? So I'm a one trick pony. Everything leads to to over there, and so they consistently create issues that are non-existent in order to divide people. Yeah. That is a strategy. And they're so arrogant, they have openly written about it. So um I like the three the trump thing is hilarious people argue over trump or biden it's like <laughs> they're both owned by israel i don't know what the fuck you think's gonna change nothing nothing is gonna change
0: yeah those people that that think that an election this year is gonna change everything and that's gonna save save the world and save the country they really need to get their heads out of the sand on this one because either way you go uh that's that's just a dead-end road well it's I funny because like
2: trump has the most obvious connections to Israel that there are. Jared Kushner's father was, was Mossad working for them, doing honey traps on people. And, um, you know, Netanyahu would stay in Jared Kushner's apartment in New York when he came to New York.
1: He'd kick <laughs> Jared out of bed. They'd kick him out and make Jared sleep on the couch, and Netanyahu could sleep in his bed. This <laughs> is hilarious. Th- th- it's just a matter of which flavor of insanity do you want? in november you know do you want the current flavor or do you want a whole new flavor which is really not new it's just a re- re- revert to the obama administration it's like oh well once we get joe biden in there they'll go back to normal We'll have dignity and great you mean the dignity that obama had that expanded the wars from two to seven you mean that kind of dignity and that kind of of compassion and all that i mean so you know we're yeah we're, we're arguing about which psychopathic you know maybe pedophile uh president you want uh, mm. in, in charge of you who cares i mean honestly who cares? i mean it, it's going to create i i want i'll tell you i'll be honest with you i want trump you know why i want trump not because i like him I want Trump because I'm so disgusted with how the left has been over the last couple of years. They're bullshit and they're complaining and they're Russiagate and they're all this stuff. I just want to see their face. I don't necessarily want Trump to be the president for the next four years. I just want him to win and have the left meltdown because they meltdown in the most hilarious fashion, you know, the the lady that ah, who's screaming at the sky and all that. I want to see that again. I want to see those people (laughs) completely melt down because it's fun because they're maniacs. I used to think that the Republicans were the cold hearted, like money driven let's have war fuck the poor who cares you pick yourself up not my problem we you know i used to think that they were like cold and like com- you know devoid of compassion that the democrats like more like hey let's play fair let's include the poor let's take care of i i used to think that i used to think that like when i was a kid or in high school or in college or whatever And what I've learned, what I've come to learn over the last couple of the years, is that the Democrats are the scariest people around. They're psycho. When they lose, when they want their way, they act super nice. They act like they're inclusive, but they will cut your throat in a second to get what they want. And they will sell out anybody that they have to, or they'll smash somebody with a brick to prove how compassionate they are. It's they're just,
0: they're I, I think actions. that the, the level of uh, programming and uh, mind control just on that side is so profound that um, you just notice it more coming from, from the left. You know, I, I agree with you. I think it's on both sides, but oh, it's on you both, definitely it's on notice sides. it more coming from the left. It's a little bit more profound. You know, I agree there
1: because the right doesn't, doesn't pretend that they're not doing that. The left pretends that they're like nice people looking out for everybody, but they don't give, They don't really actually care about you. I, I, and, and you guys are right. We're talking about dividing, dividing, dividing people into smaller groups and getting them fighting with each other. 2020 has been the year of divide and conquer. I mean, whether it's masks, no masks, black, white, poor, BLM you're not I'm in this restaurant and you're not giving me the fist sign so fuck you and I'm we're gonna get all our people we're gonna mob you and do, what what are you doing I mean for anybody that doesn't think that Soros' Soros's fingerprints are all over this I mean they clearly are this is this type this is a color revolution it's like the orange revolution in Ukraine or the rose revolution or the all the revolutions he's done in Europe this is the black revolution it's the black lives matter revolution and it's funded by these maniacs and why to divide us into, to, to to destroy society, to bring down economics, uh, societal collapse, uh, screw up the government. So why? So that the world economic forum can usher in the fourth industrial revolution through the use of all their techniques. And it's just, I see see it a little bit
2: differently. Um, So if you go and you look at the recruiting of tech companies and large fortune 500s to relocate to, to Israel, and then you look at what's been going on here for decades, uh, the destruction of the middle class. And currently, like we're the only country in the world still having this COVID freak out. You know? Nobody else really is. And so what I believe is happening is this, this is an intentional destruction of America economically. Uh, and you know, um, if they could physically kill us, they would. But I believe that this is all meant to eventually relocate the power center from here to Tel Aviv. It's, it's pretty much the only... Um, it's the only thing that really fits because they were overly written about taking over the world, you know? And once they move all the companies and leave us as like some kind of big ghetto, um, they don't need us anymore. They'll still have our army and that's all they really need. You know, we're like master blaster from like... Uh, uh, Mad Max back in the day, the little, you know, little midget guy who sits on the big strong guy and gives them orders like that's exactly what's, uh, mm-hmm. what's going on. So but yeah, the relocation of the power center to Tel Aviv, I think is the ultimate end game. But that's only the ultimate end game for this phase. After that phase is a whole nother phase that I need to dig into, but I'm pretty convinced that that's what's going on.
0: Now, Corey, I know you have some slides to get to tonight, but before we do that, Charlie, uh, you and I were talking before the show a little bit about stuff going on in Australia, and I have to admit I've been kind of out of the loop lately. I've been working on my own thing and not really paying attention to much of the news and stuff going on outside. Um, what have you heard about uh, some of the the things going on in Australia right now related to some of this uh just crazy well, it's like on. they're
1: trying to outdo one another or they're trying to show off and impress somebody like look at how authoritarian we can be and then new zealand's like hang on a second we can be even more authoritarian so australia's in especially in melbourne's done you know id checks can't get can't go further than three kilometers away from your house without and then this guy comes on tv i don't forget i don't know what his title was. some sort of authoritarian title and he's he's talking about what what they're having to do that we we've had to we've had to pull people out of the car bust the windows out because they wouldn't give us their identification drag them out and he's doing this while he's wearing a nazi uniform i mean it's not really a nazi uniform but it might as well have been made by hugo boss because it was it was it looked like either like a nazi uniform crossed with like uh the imperial uniforms that all the dudes in command on the death star wore. you know Ray right? like the thing. I mean it looked just like it. And this guy's talking about like, you know, we've had to pull these people out of their cars. It's like for what? Because they told because they didn't want to give you their name? You've got their license plate. Like, what the fuck are we doing? So Australia and they're saying, can't get on an airplane. For international travel, can't get on public, but unless you unless you take the vaccine, now they're talking about mandatory vaccine. They are talking about mandatory vaccine. We're speculating about it. Australia is talking about we're going to do it, and this is what you can't do: can't go to work, can't send your kids to school, can't file your taxes, can't get on an airplane, can't get on public transportation for 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 coronavirus. Are are you out of your fucking mind? Like this is insanity. New Zealand has said they've opened up quarantine camps. If you test positive for it, they'll take you and your whole family and put them in a camp. Just get on the trains to be resettled in the East. Just get on the trains. We're resettling you to the East. Come on, nothing to see here. You don't need to take all your, oh yeah, your belongings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put them on the train too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just get on you sheep. I mean, who's going to who, lead, who's going to walk into this first, New Zealand or Australia? It's, it's pretty close with the United States. Uh, yeah, or, I mean,
0: the way this is happened, people really need to, to, to wake up, open their eyes because it's not that much further here. You know, things are starting to move in directions that where we could very well see the same thing happen here.
1: Yeah, and, and we're we're on that path right now. We're we're normalizing this. We're seeing a push on te- in television commercials. We're all like, Hey, I got my mask on. Where are right. your mask? That's or so, hey, it's Domino's. So disgusting. So it's yeah, it's really disgusting. And it's 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 obviously not accidental either. I mean, I, I think some of the brands are just following in because they're followers and they're like, oh, we have to pander to this new normal or whatever. But um, I think that there's more to it than that. I think that there's there's a deja. I think uh, Corey's right. The tech companies' involvement in this it 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 might not really seem like a huge deal to the casual observer, but I think it's a really big deal because you
0: follow the money and i mean that's where it's going you know
1: it's going to it's going so i i'd love to have the i'd love to have the minutes from the bilderberg meeting in 2017 you know because if if fauci's talking about how trump's going to get this during his first term um and we know that they plan these things out years in advance bill gates does a hundred billion dollar contact tracing deal with a u.s congressman last summer Last summer, last year, not this year, last year, a hundred billion dollar deal with a United States House of Representative on contact tracing for what for the pandemic that hasn't happened yet what, what another wait, does he have a crystal ball, or is this stuff planned so i'd love to know what was going what has been talked about in advance, and if it's getting talked about at Bilderberg or if it's getting talked about at Davos or at the council on foreign relations or any of these think tanks then big tech is involved and big tech plays a role in this they play a role in obviously social media they play a te- they play a role in the this hybrid vaccine this rna vaccine that they're talking about that's a huge deal they play a role it's the you know they There's an involvement here. And so when you look at like the world economic forum and you look at what they're talking about for this fourth industrial revolution, and they have a, they have a really good website actually that, that you can go to and circular wheel and you can click on all the different aspects of it. And one of the aspects in this wheel is COVID-19 it's on there and it's part of the plan. So it, it, and, and that brings in the tech companies and and Corey talks about moving them to Israel. Yeah, absolutely. Read Whitney Webb's uh, series on the spy, on the privatization of the spying industry and its uh, connections to Israel. It's stunning. I'm doing a show with Whitney in a couple of days and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about simulations going live. Gee, do we have any simulations going live with coronavirus? Yeah, we did actually. We had event 201. So. So for people that are sort of like new to this, or maybe unsure, you know, it seems kind of fishy. But what what more is there to it? I would suggest go look at event two hundred one. Go look at the nonsense surrounding that. Who's involved in it, and and just understand that these things take a while to plan out. I mean, it, there's a lot to there's a lot to think about, and 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 their reaction to this seemed pre-planned to me. It it it's 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 the old problem reaction solution i think just yeah, not only the
0: out. the reaction but all the evidence that has come out since the onset of this pandemic. It's it's all pointing to this has been planned for a very long time, possibly, um, and they're going to keep on rolling out these plans. There's further plans to come. We're going to see more to come, you know, with this vaccine and whatever else they have planned uh, in 2021. I mean, it's going to be an even better year, I'm sure, you know. Um, I think now's a well, good time to uh, – go ahead, Corey. We're going to turn it over to you, two
2: I have uh, I have heard myself uh, a recording from the 1930s or 40s way back when and it was a guy talking about zionism and he said way back when you know 100 years ago almost that there would be an event in two- in the year 2001 in mid September and obviously we had 9/11 so These people are multi-generational planners. That is why they have been able to get as far as they have. They know to move slowly and um, it has been working. But this, uh, it, you know, it didn't take a rocket scientist to know that this was coming. At some point, they were they needed something in order to uh, get everyone scared and locked in their homes. And terrorism just wasn't cutting it, right? Everyone was starting to see through the terrorism. Everyone knows Al Qaeda was formed by a joint operation between Israel and the United States uh, under Carter. With uh, what's his? I can never pronounce this guy's name. It was the big new Brzezinski. Yeah, that he, he did it. Yeah, he he nailed. Uh, he started um. He started Al Qaeda basically. <laughs> and so, yeah. and then his daughter is on MSNBC every morning, right? Minka. Yeah. The connection she, there she's people? awful. Yeah. This, this is, uh, these people like, and I thought it was crazy back in the day, but these people genuinely do stick to like bloodlines and stuff like that and long term planning and only certain families mix. And it's like, I don't, honestly, if anyone's listening to any of my works, I like to uh, talk about history. I am not a conspiracy guy. I am a history guy, right? Because these are crimes committed by individuals, and while there is a conspiratorial aspect, I'm not into like ooh, they're out to get you like this," but more and more it's seeming like they really just are out to get you so um, yeah,
0: yeah, I have to agree. Now I know you have some slides uh, that we need to get to tonight, so if you want to go ahead and uh, get those
2: pulled up, we can get started with that. yeah, they're just they're kind of random, um, just some things that have been going on. Let me see if I can figure out how to do this. Um, screen share and then this and then that oh get off my screen on, are you selling those shirts no these are available through um the ancreport.com to ryan dawson sells these all right can you guys see my screen no we cannot oh man see technology sucks it's 2020 <laughs> we still don't have good technology <laughs> should be like one button cuz i mean they know everyone's fucking stupid right me too <laughs> So,
0: yeah, technology is it's going in the wrong direction there.
2: All right. Now, do you have it? Yeah, we got it. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to talk about Operation or Event 201. Actually, I grabbed a couple of slides uh, for this. And um, basically, uh, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, in partnership with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, hosted Event 201, a high level pandemic exercise on October 18th, 2019 in New York. The exercise illustrated areas where public-private partnerships will be necessary during the response to a severe pandemic in order to diminish large-scale economic and societal consequences. Now, um, when they say public-private partnerships, that really makes me kind of wonder. It makes me stop right there and go, hmm, what's really going on there? Because when they say public, they mean like corporations, right? And that's not really the public. So uh, that just kind of caught my attention as uh, maybe a way to give these uh, organizations, these companies actually more power than they currently have, like almost like deputizing, right? Making, uh, making it so that they can uh, enforce certain things, even though they're a corporation, not the government. And that would seem like a kind of logical step between the merger of the two. And uh, that always makes me think about in, uh, the Omnicorp. Remember Omnicorp from RoboCop? It was like the one world government corporation. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, everything from your healthcare to your Twinkies we're, were all Omnicorp, right? That was the only thing. It was the one world government corporation. And that kind of seems like the direction that we are going. Um, Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guy's got a $600 million contract with the CIA. He sits on a Pentagon board and he runs the Washington <laughs> fucking Post. Our country is a joke. i Right. Too. I
1: mean, when you said the public-private combo, it made me think of BlackRock too, because they're like, oh, we'll have BlackRock come in and run the Fed. What?
2: Why? <laughs> right. And, you know, they talk about private police forces and stuff, but no one's ever going to, uh, no one is ever going to take an order from a, uh, a private police force ever um, because it's a joke, right? It's, they have no government authority. They're a contracted entity. And so I just don't think, here's the thing about America. Uh, even though we're stupid, we're pretty stubborn, right? So I think some other countries that have been more authoritarian forever have a more have a, they have a greater likelihood of of, of going along with these things. Um, but Americans in general, you know, I always kind of thought were like uh, they would stand up at some point, and I and I hope I'm not wrong. But um. All right, let me continue on this statement about ENCOVE and our pandemic exercise. I don't know why they call it ENCOVE. I think that's just like a general statement to be open to like one of a variety of different types. So it's kind of a generic term. Um, In recent years, the world has seen a growing number of epidemic events amounting to approximately 200 events annually. These events are increasing and they are disruptive to health economies and society. Managing these events already strains global capacity even absent a pandemic threat. Experts agree that it is only a matter of time before one of these epidemics becomes global, a pandemic with potentially catastrophic consequences. A severe pandemic, which becomes Event 201, would require reliable cooperation among several industries, national governments, and key international institutions." All right. the scenario. Event 201 simulates an outbreak of a novel zoonotic coronavirus transmitted from bats to pigs to people that eventually becomes efficiently transmissible from person to person, leading to a severe pandemic. The pathogen and the disease it causes are modeled largely on SARS, but it is more transmissible in the community setting by people with mild symptoms. Hmm. That's kind of interesting because that kind of contradicts what we know at this point in reference to, um, you know, being more transmittable in the community setting by people with mild symptoms. Mild symptoms are like 80% um, of the people who actually get it. But 80% are resistant or test negative or, you know, so we have already talked about the numbers. It's such a small percentage of the population. It's ridiculous. That's why I think ultimately this thing's a dud. I think that they thought it was going to be way more devastating because they engineered it to be way more devastating. And it, it just kind of flopped. You know, if this thing had been killing one in, you know, 10 people uh, and it had a real pandemic, dead bodies in the streets and shit, which is what a real pandemic would look like, um, then I think everyone would be willing to go along. You wouldn't need um, to tell everyone to wear
1: masks if people were seeing stacked up bodies or everybody knew somebody that was dead from it, then you don't need to, to do the 24-7 constant uh, news coverage in order to scare people. P- you don't need a PR campaign for a real pandemic, <laughs> but you need one for oh, a fake. One.
0: And this event 201, it's like giving out the blueprints of what the mainstream narrative was supposed to be with this whole COVID thing, but it happened before the outbreak and then still more people aren't raising their eye- eyebrows to that fact.
2: See, my thing is if it was two, three years ago, I could see it being just another exercise. But a fucking month before the shit happens, no. Mm-mm. Um, and when you look at who's actually involved, which we'll get to, you'll see that these are the people who are controlling the shit now. <laughs> so uh, it's just crazy. You know, they even had to release a statement saying that we did not predict the coronavirus outbreak. I'll, <laughs> read that. I'll read that to you in a little bit. So this disease starts, and remember, this is the hypothetical that they uh, went over. This disease starts in pig farms in Brazil quietly and slowly at first, but then it starts to spread more rapidly in healthcare settings. That didn't turn out to be true Um, when it starts to spread efficiently from person to person in the low income, densely packed neighborhoods of some of the mega cities in South America. The epidemic explodes It first exported by air travel to Portugal, the United States and China and then to many other countries, although at first some countries are able to control it. It continues to spread and be reintroduced and eventually no country can maintain control one thing i gotta say is like nature hasn't produced really anything like this since the bubonic plague right everything else is really all these sars and mers i don't there was nothing you can do to convince me that these weren't created in the lab in the first place and when you go back in your research um mk ultra which most people think was just the mind control program looked had a direct connection to the bio warfare uh program and they were experimenting with some nasty nasty shit way back in the 1950s like HIV was created in a lab I have no doubts whatsoever and it demonstrates many of the same properties as uh as as cove 2. So yeah when you look at the CIA's experimentation with um, bioweapons and then you just take regular old statistics into consideration there will always be a statistical probability that the uh, whatever they're messing with will get out whether intentionally or unintentionally. And I think um, over the years many of the things that we've seen have been leaks uh from various bioweapons facilities because we have them all over the world hell they got busted a year or two ago uh doing something with insects over in like mongolia <laughs> so i mean this shit is not fiction this is, goes on to this very day and it all really stemmed from the 1940s and 50s mk ultra experiments
0: we're all considered lab rats i mean the whole world mm-hmm. uh it's just a giant experiment for their amusement
2: yeah, one thing I thought was kind of interesting, a little off-topic, but like um, George White, who's really uh, the kind of the, the guy who was in charge of MK Ultra back in the day, he was a sick, sadistic guy. Uh, he personally released an aerosol canister of LSD in the subway systems in New York City. I thought that was pretty hardcore. And they cropped us to the town out in the Midwest somewhere. Yeah, I heard about that one. I heard about yeah. that. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. It is crazy. These people should must be... have been a hell.
1: I mean, it must have been a hell of a weekend.
2: <laughs> yeah, these people should be tortured before they're killed. um since the whole human population is susceptible during the initial months of the pandemic the cumulative number of cases increases exponentially doubling every week and as the cases and deaths accumulate the economic and societal consequences become increasingly severe the scenario ends at the 18 month point with 65 million deaths the pandemic is beginning to slow due to the decreasing number of susceptible people The pandemic will continue at some rate until there is an effective vaccine or 80 to 90% of the global population has been exposed. From that point on, it is likely to be an endemic childhood disease. So let me just talk about saturation of a population with a pandemic like this. Um, I'm pretty convinced that 100% of us have been exposed to the coronavirus by now. 100%. And if you're not sick, you're probably not going to get sick. Yeah, Um, They're talking talking 18 months (laughs) to get to a... Um, you know, 80, 90% or whatever. And no way, no way. It happens way quicker than that. Way quicker than that. Um, yeah. So I, I'm pretty convinced I've been exposed. You've been exposed. Everyone's been exposed and those who've gotten sick are sick. And those who are going to get sick probably have weakened immune systems or pre-existing conditions or some of the other crap uh, that is actually killing these people. Cause you know, the numbers are so freaking low. You know, there's a good meme that says there's a 0.01% chance of rain today. Why don't you have your umbrella? <laughs> you know, it was like talking about the masks. <laughs> this whole thing is crazy. So the the, the, the implementation of their plan in as far as the logistics go and, and as far as making people, you know, the panic and all that stuff, that far outweighs the realities of it. And so that, le- you know, did they plan this whole thing over nothing or did they have something really that they wanted to release um that didn't pan out and i think that is definitely what happened uh somebody probably got fired or disappeared over their lack of ability to create a (laughs) a deadly pandemic Uh, oh
1: but we're still we're only one third of the way through that 18 month point
2: though you have a good point but here's the thing like the reason that we have flu seasons is because the heat outside typically kills the flu right Right. like you know and the same thing with all coronaviruses so did they not take into consideration the summer when planning this thing? I mean, they're, try- they're doing a good job of spreading this thing out as long as possible. But really, since the summer started, let's say in May, three or four months, um, you know, the numbers have been dropping and they're still having this panic. Oh, I and- would
0: probably expect the uptick uh, in, the, in, the, in the fall or in the coming months. Right. It's like uh, they're trying to
2: stretch it out till then because then they can know they have a reason that people will actually get sick again, right? So, um, All right, so what do I have next? And
0: it makes you wonder what they're going to come up with for this uptick. You know, what kind of numbers they're going to come up with now? What kind of new fuckery are we going to be dealing with? What kind of new psychological warfare? I mean, uh, this plan seems to be, you know, they have to be kind of changing it as they go because they must be realizing that people are, you know, coming on to this bullshit.
2: Yeah, you know, and I'm not like – I'm not, like I said, I'm not a conspiracy guy. Regardless of what it seems like, and but I recently saw um, one of the chicks from the IMF, whatever, uh, was talking like uh, was talking numerology, right? She was giving a speech and talking about like, numerology and stuff. And Christine Yeah, you know, yeah, her. I don't even f- fuck her name. Like fuck her. Like she is yeah. such a piece of garbage. It's not even She's fucking a weirdo. Funny. She's a weirdo, yeah. Well, she fits in right in well with those Satan-worshiping, child-molesting, you know, orgy-having fucks, so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she was talking, like, numerology, and that got me thinking, like, these motherfuckers that high up are really into that shit? Like, I was really shocked to find out that some of the m- people really are into the Satan worship. Like, I always laughed at that. But, no, to some degree, there's a handful of them that I know of that are, like, genuinely into that stuff. So I'm like, it, how much of this planning that they did actually revolves around that, crazy, numerology, kabbalistic, whatever, um, because I just discount religion right off oh, the Oh,
0: man, down. I 100% think that it, it has a lot to do with it. You know, I've had quite a few guests that have talked about that, and I'm pretty convinced that they are way into numerology, and they implement that big time a lot into our daily uh, lives and aspects of our lives that we don't realize. But that's right, but I
2: always looked, looked at that, and I'm like, no, these are smart people. <laughs> they're, they're not into that dumb shit, right? But no. No, they are, which is fucking crazy, which means they're really genuinely not as fucking smart as people would think they are, right? So, honestly, that's all bullshit, numerology and all that shit. The universe demonstrates patterns, big fucking deal. Can we figure them out? No, we're a bunch of fucking, uh, you know, we're a fungus on a planet floating through space. So, no, I don't think that uh, we can figure out any of the fundamentals uh, like that. Um, all right, I'll go ahead and read this statement about ENCOVE and our pandemic exercise. In October 2019, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security hosted a pandemic tabletop exercise called Event 201 with partners of World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. Recently, the Center for Health Security has received questions about whether that pandemic exercise predicted the current uh, novel coronavirus outbreak in China. To be clear, the Center for Health Security and partners did not make a prediction during our tabletop exercise. For the scenario, we model a fictional coronavirus pandemic, but we explicitly stated that it was not a prediction. Instead, the exercise served to highlight preparedness and response challenges that would likely arise in a very severe pandemic. We are not now predicting that the ENCOVE 2019 outbreak will kill 65 million people. Although our tabletop exercise included a mock novel coronavirus, the inputs we used for modeling the potential impact of that fictional virus are not similar to NCOV 2019. So let me just comment real quick on novel coronaviruses. Okay, we had four fucking novel coronaviruses last year. So they're making a big deal as though some new thing. No, they have novel coronaviruses every goddamn year without fail. All right, the players. So these are the um, these are the shills that they stuck up there. Obviously, these are not the top people, or else they wouldn't have made them so public. The people who you ever know about are the front people always. So who do we have? Latoya Abbott, Risk Management uh, with Marriott International. Sophia Borges with the UN Foundation. Brad Connett with the U.S. Medical Group. Uh, Christopher Elias of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Tim Evans of the World Bank Group, uh, George Gao of the Chinese Center for Disease Control. Now look at these agencies. This is like some heavy. These are heavy hitters. Um, Avril Haines, Jane Halton, Matthew Harrington. I don't know who any of these people are because really these people are nobodies because they are the fronts. Um, these are the rest of the schmucks who took part in this thing. Uh, the most important part of all that is like these are the organizations that were involved: the CDC, the CIA, the UN. NBC Universal, UPS, the US Medical Group, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the World Bank, the Chinese CDC, Australian government, and the Singapore government. There's a heavy emphasis on uh, Asia here. I'm not really sure why.
0: Well, it's funny. Also, it, it came out of China as well, the, the, the yeah. whole, whole virus started there.
2: So that was, I just wanted to go over that real quickly. Uh, Charlie, uh, you've mentioned Event One before. I'm assuming you know a little bit about this. You want to, you have anything to say about it? Yeah,
1: well, the three pronged. It's good to see that list, by the way, that shows all those those players. Because the three that they mention are the uh, World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and um, uh, what was the other one? Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Where, oh, and uh, Johns Hopkins uh, Health Center. Mm. And Johns Hopkins Health Center. You go. Oh, well, that's that's a it's a it's a college or a university slash. Hospital, right? They've got to be on the side of humanity, right? Except that they were involved in the Guatemala syphilis experiment, where they intentionally gave people syphilis and then studied them, just like the Tuskegee uh, situation. Except Guatemala was involved in this. So, and Johns Hopkins oversaw it. So, this is not a, This is not one of those hospitals that's like looking out for the. This is a sketchy hospital. I would put Johns Hopkins in the same category as Cedar Sinai. There's some there's some darkness there you know there's something going on behind that and then bill and melinda gates foundation if we if you don't know about that already if the people don't know then then look it up because they're they're deep into really tainted vaccines uh, horrible globalist policies and they are not to be trusted plus they're financing everybody uh, and then of course the world economic forum is Another name for Davos, the Davos meeting. That's where they're based. They've been around for a long, long time. They were started by – the guy that started the World Economic Forum was the banker in charge of Deutsche Bank. He was in charge of Deutsche Bank from 1939 to 1944. What do you think he was doing for a German bank during those times? He was a Nazi. He was a high-level Nazi started the World Economic Forum. So just so we we're clear on where their roots are, and they've, they're pushing for a very different agenda. They want, with their fourth industrial revolution, it takes too much time to get into it, but just a, like a quick overview is that it's AI, brain implants, uh, universal basic income, because you're going to need it so you don't revolt because the robots are taking your job. Um, coronavirus in, involved in that vaccination programs. It's a dystopian nightmare. Uh, You know, spy satellites, all that stuff, 5G, it's all part of that. And in order for the fourth industrial revolution to come and change, fundamentally change society, it helps if you weaken or destroy society so that people are begging for a change to come in or so that you have the, at least the pretext of like, everything is messed up. We need to, we need to come in and fix things. We're going to do things differently this time. Sounds great on the surface. Hey, great. we got better technology. My cell phone's going to work faster with 5g. If it doesn't cook, you know, radiate my balls in the process. Um, All these horrible things are coming that are of course sold to us as being real benefits and things like that. But, but be, be careful. Internet of things is part of it too. Are you your refrigerator talking to your toaster, talking to your cell phone? All this stuff is part of it. Digital currencies, digital currencies, big things. We've got Bitcoin. Corey knows more about Bitcoin than than anybody I know. Um, so th- that's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, it's like, hey, we've got our own currency. On the other hand, if the World Economic Forum wants it or a digital version of it, like a digital dollar, then I'm like, oh, this is well, we're
0: already times. seeing places that are saying they have coin shortages not uh, accidental places that are giving aren't giving change anymore yep. uh they're pushing for it yep.
2: so let me i'm on to sidetrack just for one second because charlie touched on something um the digital currencies that they're going to issue are just garbage they are a uh, a blip in a computer that like a database right there's no uh supply and demand doesn't apply there's no Uh, security-based, it's just how much money they allow you to have, elimination of cash, and elimination of cash isn't necessarily a bad thing. But the one thing, you know, I'm a doom and gloom guy, right? We all deserve extinction, period. But um, the one thing that I see as being able to save us across the board is Bitcoin. And that is because Bitcoin is not controlled by anybody. It's unhackable. It's the longest-running computer network the world's ever seen. And you can find an entire economy of a nation on one Bitcoin, okay? Okay. So the single best thing you can do to protect yourself and to help take the power away from the people who control the money is to buy Bitcoin and use it plain and simple. I use Bitcoin every single day for something or another, usually gambling. (laughs) But the reality is it is the only thing that can save us. It is the only thing I have any hope for in its ability to save us because the bottom line is Bitcoin is uncensorable money. It's money that nobody can say you can't use, right? Here in America, they can put, if you don't get your vaccine, we're going to cut off your money supply for three days, right? There's no cutting off the money supply with Bitcoin. No one can ever censor your transactions. No one can ever stop you from sending transactions anywhere in the world instantly, right? So uh, protecting your financial interests starts with buying Bitcoin. Plain and simple. All right, so let's move on um i found a couple articles because i i had done some research on on this coronavirus and they keep changing the story there's a lot of conflicting information and uh, you know one day it's from a bat next day it's from some fucking insect who the fuck knows they keep changing the story right so back in 2015 is when they started experimenting with bat related coronaviruses in the lab and it was not uh, strong enough for them to work within the lab which is very common with a lot of uh, viruses and other things that they work with so what they have to do is they have to make it virulent enough. To be able to survive in human tissue, and then they amplify it using PCR and stuff like that. So uh, basically, in 2015, they took a bat-related SARS coronavirus, CoV one, uh, and they also looked at MERS, which is Middle East uh, Respiratory Syndrome, and uh, they made them. They wanted to test how easily that these newer forms of coronavirus could jump to human populations. So what they do is they create one that can jump to a human population, right, in order to test it. So the thing that they're trying to prevent, they create in the first place to try to prevent it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not a biologist. I kind of understand the logic of why they do that. But then you bring in the statistics again, and statistically speaking, odds are it's going to leak out at some point. So um, this article I thought was pretty fascinating. It talked about the experimenting with the bat-related SARS, and it's like it's not SARS 2.0. And that's what kind of caught my attention. Uh, a study on potential SARS-like, vi- uh, SARS-like virus like bat coronaviruses to cause human disease has reawakened the debate on the risks and benefits of engineering viruses. Let's go over the science and see if any of the criticisms have merit. The SARS epidemic of 2003 was caused by a novel coronavirus, that originated in bats. Results of sequence analysis have shown that viruses related to SARS-CoV continue to circulate in bats, but their potential for infecting humans is not known. Okay, so 2015, they're saying it is not known. And they've been working with coronaviruses really since the 1970s. And coronaviruses originally, um, I found in the early days, primarily started in like baby calves. And from there, they did experimentation to see if that would transmit to humans. And then by the mid-1980s, you have it transmitting to humans. Um, So I kind of see a pattern here with their experimentation of uh, or on these uh, coronaviruses. And then the outcome they're trying to prevent is what comes to pass. So are they incompetent? I think yes. This is probably just a level of incompetence. Uh, A study on the potential of SARS virus-like bat coronavirus to cause human disease has reawakened. Oh, I already read that part. So yeah, they have been working on this stuff for a very long time, is pretty much the point. To answer the question, do the SARS-CoV-like virus circulating uh, have the potential to infect humans? A recombinant virus was created in which the gene encoding the spike glycoprotein of SARS virus was swapped with the gene from a bat virus called SHC014. The SARS code that was used, called SARS-MA15, had been previously passage from mouse to mouse until it was able to replicate in that host. The use of this mouse-adapted virus allows studies on viral disease and its prevention in a mammalian host. The recombinant virus, called SHCO14-MA15, replicated well in a human epithelial airway cell lining and in primary human airway epithelial cell cultures. The recombinant virus replicated just as well as the Urbani strain of human SARS-CoV. This result was surprising because the part of the spike protein of SCH014 that binds the cell receptor ACE2 is sufficiently different from the SARS CoV spike, suggesting that the virus might not infect human cells. So, what they're saying is the original virus they were working with and the one that they then created were significantly different to the point where it should not, the original one, if not tampered with, should not jump to humans. This is what I got from this. Uh, All right. Now, uh, like I said, these are kind of random Just some things I picked up this week. Um, As of yesterday, uh, the CDC says people exposed to coronavirus may not need testing.
1: And immediately, California and a bunch of other states pushed back on this and they said, we're not taking the CDC's guidelines on this. We're going to do the exact opposite because they want people tested. Because they want panic, because they want to destroy this, because they don't, because it's not about, it's not about, oh, so the CDC is telling you the truth before, we've got to listen to the CDC, it's science, it's this, and and now all of a sudden the governors are saying, well, we're not going to listen to it now, oh, because it doesn't fit with their agenda. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I don't see how they can keep the agendas going without some kind of uptick again or some, some other fuckery that they're going to do in the upcoming months. It's, I just don't see it happening. Well, I, yeah. Yeah, but I, I do see like them mask, doing something.
1: The masks, you know, in June, nothing was happening. Masks were off. People were going back to stores. Stores were opening up. And then, then all of a sudden, it, cases are down. I mean, if you believe the numbers, which nobody does. But anyway, but even according to the official numbers, cases were down. It was dying down. People were getting back to normal then the mask mandate came in like everyone's like why why now why wasn't this before now you've got to wear the mask and i and i believe that that is to put a visual to give people a visible visual representation of the disease it's an invisible virus it's an invisible It's about disease.
0: compliance as well just, just to show that you'll do whatever the fuck they tell you do
1: oh,
2: for yeah, yeah, sure as, I, as, I, as i covered in the last episode i did um Basically, it, it kills your empathy. It kills perception of empathy in people. And that, to me, is the biggest factor because that divides the population even more because now it's just a guy in a mask, it ain't a human being, you know? So, um, It's impossible
1: to forget that there's a, an epidemic or a pandemic going. When you, if you go to the grocery store in June nobody's got a mask on you kind of assume it's not there but if you go to the grocery store now and everybody's got a mask on it's impossible for you to not be thinking about it because everybody's got a mask so you just oh it's still here it's still here it's it it's like a big sign you know they already got rid of one invisible enemy terrorism that played out now they needed a new invisible enemy that we can all be afraid of we gotta i gotta walk on one foot you know i gotta hop because the virus doesn't like it when you hop. Can't. can't I mean, <laughs> the shit that they're telling people to do is is it's insanity. And and I feel like I'm with you guys. I feel like it's a litmus test to see how stupid we are. Like if we're willing to do all of these things, God knows they're taking notes. They're like, okay, okay, push too far here. People started to push. But okay, maybe we don't go that hard next time. But we could tell them to wear masks. Hell, we can tell them to wear fucking diapers on their head. And they'll do it. Clearly. Um, we jokingly, you know, we're, we're like, what are they going to tell us to do? Wear goggles? There's people wearing goggles, man. Strap on dildos are next, you know, on their head. That's it. That's the, that's the litmus. If we're, if we're doing that, then, then we get invaded by our own government. That's the sign.
2: So what I think is hilarious is that they finally figured out that, um, you know, so you have like those uh, regular old surgical masks and then you have like the ventilator masks and then you have like people wearing bandanas. And, but then there are those things that you like put around your neck and it looks like an old, old West thing. It just goes, covers yeah. from here down. It's like made out of nylon. They found yes. that those increase the chance of spreading uh, communicable diseases because it breaks the, the, uh, the spit into smaller particles. So they travel further or something, something crazy like that. So I make Perfect. sure to wear, when I have to go out and wear one, that is what I wear. I'm like, fuck these people. <laughs> That's what I'm going to wear because it still meets the list of criteria and it still shows how fucking ridiculous the list of criteria is in the first place. Yeah. So, but this mask thing is pissing me off. Like the only place I wear that shit is the grocery store. And even though I could pull the whole medical exemption thing, because let me explain this real quick. You don't have to tell anybody or give anybody a fucking doctor's note. Okay, period, (laughs) ever. It's it's covered by HIPAA laws. They're federal laws. And so when someone says, hey, you can't be in here, you say, hey, well, I have a medical exemption. Well, they say, well, can I see your doctor's note? You say, you're the fucking grocery guy. You don't get to see my doctor's note, okay? And then they'll try to remove you from the store. But by removing you from the store, they're violating the Americans with Disabilities Act, okay? Because you don't have to prove shit to anybody and they're just discriminating against you because you have a, a, a disability, right? And so the reason that the federal government left this to the governors is because you cannot usurp federal law and they know that they can't pass anything making you wear it because it's unconstitutional all right and it'll violate all these other uh laws that are already on the books so they pass it to the governors because they letting not the governors take the the rap for it when shit goes bad right and they can say oh well we never passed the law about it the governor's executive orders they really can't even be enforced by local cops they have to be enforced by federal or state cops Right, so when a cop comes and hassles you over not wearing a mask, say, "Hey, go get me the fucking highway patrol and let them handle this," right? Because they don't have, they're out of jurisdiction. So this whole thing is completely lawless, right? Oh, but then the the federal government will withhold funds if you don't do the governor's uh, executive orders, right? So do you see how fucking corrupt this is? Like the whole system is is fully corrupt. They're violating their own laws by strong arming governors into uh giving these executive orders because they know they can't do it themselves and then when the shit hits the fan it's not going to be on them it'll be on the governor right so yeah the whole thing is just it's it's all bullshit it's all bullshit so to prevent myself from having to go to jail i fucking wear the stupid you know i have one that's got a bitcoin symbol on it but uh the only place i'll wear it's a grocery store and that's because i have to buy fucking food everywhere else can fuck off All right, so the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention now recommends that most individuals who have been exposed to coronavirus but are not showing symptoms may not need to be tested. Previously, the CDC recommended that all close contact of persons with SARS-CoV-2 infection be tested due to the potential for asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic transmission. Uh, Revisions made on August 24th, however, now suggest that only certain groups need to be tested after exposure. Um, This is funny because I went to the CDC website oh no, here it is, Uh, um, I'll comment on it after I read it. As of Monday, the CDC recommends that people who have been within six feet of someone with COVID-19 for at least 15 minutes, but do not have symptoms, do not necessarily need a test. Okay, let me stop right there. So if I'm within six feet of somebody, but it has to be for 15 minutes, that still keeps me in a, very, uh, uh, in, in a group to where I don't have to go get tested.
0: Well, because the disease knows how long 15 minutes is, and, <laughs> and that's the time frame.
2: Right. What I'm saying is I'm going to the grocery store. I'm not going back. I'm not I'm, I'm someone for 30 seconds, right? So if I'm walking through the damn grocery store and I pass them for 30 seconds, under their guidelines, uh, I don't need to be tested because I'm at low risk. Thus, I shouldn't have to wear the fucking mask either, right? So here's another contradiction uh, in their own edicts. Um, the agency recommends that if you are a vulnerable individual or your healthcare provider or state or local public health official recommends you take one. Um, yeah, this is like, this is the biggest shit show. This is what happens when the three fucking stooges has a conspiracy. <laughs> <Like> they, <laughs> this is, this is not planned out. Well, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. These guys are no James Angleton or no Alan Dulles or no George Jornetis. None of these people, man. Like we had some fucking masters of propaganda who've tricked the whole world. 60 70 years uh that oswald killed the goddamn president right those guys were masters at what they did these motherfuckers get debunked in 10 minutes right and you can't accredit it all to the internet you have to accredit some of what they're doing to to their own stupidity and incompetence which is exactly what it is all right which uh, makes
0: it even worse that so many people are still buying into it they're making so many mistakes the hypocrisy the contradictions it's so obvious and so many people are still just blindly buying into it
2: Fucking Honey Boo Boo was like a number one show on TV in America. (laughs) I don't think I got to say anything else. All right. So back to psych warfare. Uh, To create confusion and nervous bewilderment as to our intentions and plans by the dissemination of a welter of contradictory reports, straight from the OSS doctrine of rumors, nothing has changed. They haven't updated the script in 80 years. They haven't. And I think it's because they can't. There's only one script. When it comes to the mind, they can only figure it out to a certain degree. And, to, and it, the further into the mind you get, the smaller the changes have to be, but I think it's way past the level of intelligence for these dumb fucks to figure out and write a new book. So um, this is where we're gonna touch on Mockingbird, Operation Mockingbird. Mockingbird has to do with the media and why the media uh, tells you lies all the time. Because once upon a time, it, did, it wasn't that way. Once upon a time, like I have a subscription to newspapers.com, so best 20 bucks you could ever spend a month. Go back and look through our real history, what comes out in the newspapers, and uh, you will see that once upon a time there were hundreds and hundreds of independent news agencies people start a business, they want to make some money they you know get some uh, uh, they get they get their papers circulated and so Um, nowadays it's all like five companies, right? It was six last year. It's down to five. Eventually it'll be one Omnicorp, (laughs) but there was like a slew of different uh, media entities and they were competing with each other. So you'd get some bullshit stories because they were competing with each other and everyone had the most sensationalism, but, it's different today, much, much different today. Um, And in 1940, see these people don't credit Mockingbird and these articles I read to like the 1950s, that's completely false. Uh, Back in 1941 with the creation of the Office of Coordinator of Information under uh, Bill Donovan, on day one, he had uh, articles going out to the New York Times and to all these different companies. Uh, The BBC is actually listed in the OSS documents as being a reliable propaganda network. I thought that was great. But this talks a little bit about how the CIA paid and threatened journalists to do its work. Um, The CIA has long played the international game of propaganda required by an intelligence agency. But during the Cold War, the agency paid and intimidated journalists into helping promote its messages. Famous Watergate reporter, Carl Bernstein, (coughs) he was CIA, broke the story in 1977 for Rolling Stone. Bernstein revealed the workings of Operation Mockingbird in which many journalists, including Pulitzer Prize winners, joined the CIA's payroll, writing fake stories to disseminate the agency's uh, agitprop and providing intelligence. Other journalists were threatened and blackmailed into cooperating with Mockingbird, and many were given falsified or fabricated information about their actions in order to engender their support for the CIA's mission. Uh, The program has never been officially discontinued. Um, Okay, so the CIA doesn't work for the United States, if you haven't figured that out yet. Uh, They work for the, like I've said before, they formed a new faction with the Zionists and with the Galen organization. The Galen organization was the remnants of the Nazis who we smuggled out of uh, Europe, um, which was absolutely massive, massive. Like when they, when they started the CIA in 1960 or 1947, um, it was like overnight, they had a network of probably six to 700,000 people around the world. Uh, Their assassination network under Otto Skorzeny alone was 300,000 people. So, you know, you've got, um, you have the remnants of the Nazis who were definitely playing a major part in the world development post-1945. They kind of seemingly just disappeared, right? You don't ever hear about the Galen organization, which technically, I guess, came to its end in like the 60s or 70s. But a network that large comprised mainly of, uh, you know, at the time Soviet dissidents, uh, former Nazis, a slew of assassins, that just doesn't go away, right? They don't just continue their mission because the, the head guy dies or the organization seems to fade away. They just change their name, change their MO, and those people go right back to work. Obviously, the, those networks are still in place today, but no one ever really associates them with their uh, prior life uh, on the Nazi payroll or in Nazi Germany itself during the war. Um, the, the, as soon as I can wrap up this Kennedy research, I have one last piece of the puzzle to figure out, and I'm going to go to New Orleans to figure it out. Um, I got to move on to Reinhard Galen. Uh, Reinhard Galen, Galen will take me a couple of years, but, but I really need to understand better how that network operated and how much infiltration and effect it has on the world uh, today. Because if they didn't go away, they just changed their name. So um, The CIA has long played the international game of propaganda. Oh, I already read this, didn't I? Next slide. It was an alleged large scale project undertaken by the CIA beginning in the 1950s uh, in which they recruited American journalists into propaganda networks. Uh, The recruited journalists were put on a payroll by the CIA instructed to write fake stories that promoted the views of the intelligence agency. Uh, Student cultural organizations and magazines were allegedly funded as fronts for this operation. Oh yeah, my point from the last thing was that the CIA works for this cabal, right? They don't work for the United States of America um operation mockingbird expanded later on in order to influence foreign media as well frank Wisner, the director of the espionage and counterintelligence branch spearheaded the organization and was told to concentrate on propaganda economic warfare um Preventive direct action, including sabotage, anti-sabotage, demolition and evacuation measures, subversion against hostile states, including assistance to underground resistance groups and support of indigenous anti-communist elements in threatened countries of the free world. I'm glad they mentioned the anti-communists because communism was, one. Of, you know, we, you always need something to be afraid of. Right. In the, in the really the 30s through 50s, it was communism um and then communism really came to an end you know on the books with the fall of the soviet union which it's kind of funny because the government hates putin but they created him by taking down the soviet union you know it pissed him off to the point where he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this country back and we'll be as powerful as you and he's damn close to done it so you know the cia and these guys always create their own enemies through their own actions um Journalists were reportedly blackmailed and threatened into this network. The CIA's financing of independent and private organizations wasn't just meant to create favorable stories. It was also meant to covertly collect information from other countries that were relevant to America's national security. So yeah, Operation Mockingbird was very real. Um, by the, from my understanding, by the time the Kennedy assassination happened, they had everybody because there were only three big networks, ABC, NBC, CBS. That was it and all three of them were uh, hotbeds for recruitment for the CIA. Uh, a whole bunch of guys in Kennedy, a whole bunch of guys you read about in Kennedy who were CBS uh, turned out to be CIA. It looks like CBS was probably one of the biggest recruitment fronts for the CIA back in that time. But yeah, from what I can tell, Operation Mockingbird was pretty much wrapped up by 19, by the mid-1950s, Because, and I say wrapped up because it was an implementation of systems of recruitment. Is really what, what it was, and so those systems were in place by the mid nineteen fifties, and so everything else has been a product of those uh, systems that they've had in place forever, right? So, yeah, um, and if you
0: look at the um, <clears throat> the turnout today of the way the media operates, and now social media, um, it's it's just part of this system where you can't you can't watch the news and it's not going to be fake. You, you have to go to alternative sources to find any real information nowadays. It's been like that for years. It's just now the way it is. It's all fakery. Anytime you turn on the news, ABC, NBC, these major channels, you're not getting any kind of real information and uh, they've made it, they've made it that way. And it's a perfectly uh, operating machine now.
1: Well, and I'd also like to add that, and we've talked about this before, but the Obama passed the smith Munt modernization act of 2012, which legalized propaganda inside the United States to be used on Americans. So if you were, if you were thinking that maybe operation mockingbird or the CIA's involvement in, in the media had waned and, you know, over the last 60 years, uh, it hasn't. And not only that, they've taken the extraordinary step of legalizing propaganda inside the United States. So when you're watching the nightly news now, if you are, but if you're, if you're reading mainstream media about Corona, this situation, and you're feeling like, I feel like I'm not getting the straight story. Just remember that. Just remember that they legalized propaganda. So you've got to know they're using it against us. They wouldn't legalize it if they didn't plan to use it. So how much of what we're getting on our news tonight is propaganda? We won't know because they don't have to label it. So it's just something for people to consider.
2: Yeah, in this article here, I want to point out just a couple things. Um, it talks about the church committee. The church committee is pretty fascinating. The church committee reviewed some of the Kennedy stuff, and there are some very, very unique documents in the uh, church committee files. Also, it says at the bottom, the CIA admitted their manipulation of mainstream media in order to change the American people's mind and publish the Family Jewels. Now, the Family Jewels is, um, I don't. it's not necessarily redacted, but it's not the whole story um, because it's not like uh, the government, you know, uses shady people from time to time like the mafia or whomever, uh, no, they they have active partnerships. Like when you look at the list, the roster of shooters in like the Kennedy assassination, you can see clearly that they were mafia and CIA, virtually full time on both. You know, and, and there were shared agents who were mafia. Uh, CIA, FBI informants, and Mossad, like Jack Ruby, like all at the same time and don't have any kind of conflict of interest, right? So even though these organizations are supposed to, you know, keep tabs on each other, like the FBI should be investigating crimes that the CIA commits. Really, the FBI's job is to clean up for the CIA in America because they're not supposed to operate in America, yet they do. And the FBI's primary job is to make sure they don't get caught. So, and that becomes blatantly obvious in the Kennedy stuff. But uh, yeah, Family Jewels. Check out Family Jewels. There, there are some good documents in there. A lot of it revolves around the relationships with the mob, which started 1940s, but really you can go back to the 20s where the uh they had partnerships with Arnold Ross Arnold Rothstein, you know. Uh, and because he was the he was the first person to sell heroin after opiates went uh went illegal. So Family Jewels has definitely some good documents in it. Um oh yeah, here's more propaganda. Um Uh, I'll show the comparison here in a second both the new coronavirus and SARS outbreaks likely started in Chinese wet markets historic photos show what the markets looked like right so this was the original propaganda came out in February nowadays this is what we have from the same organizations who published that business weekly I think it was Um, the coronavirus didn't really start at the Wuhan wet market Chinese researchers debunked COVID-19 originated from Wuhan wet market okay they said AIDS came from eating fucking monkeys they lied then they lied now Um, the odds of getting a virus that becomes transmittable amongst humans uh, that is contagious, that's, that comes from an animal, is, is extremely, extremely rare. It almost never happens, right? So to, if you eat a fish and you get some kind of virus, you get sick, you get sick, and that's it. It's not transmittable. But for someone to pick up a, a, a disease or a virus that is transmitted from an animal to a person, they get sick, and then other people start getting sick, virtually never freaking happens, okay? It's extremely, extremely rare. And what they actually need is, you can't just have it go from one animal to another. You have to have a, a, a third party that kind of acts like an incubator, right? So they found that the, corona bat, the coronavirus that came from bats um, in those caves were another species of like little mice. And those little mice kind of like amplified the effect back and forth. So it would go from the bats to the mice to the bats to the mice and get stronger every time. And that's kind of, that's what I picked up on how these things actually work. And then it mutates to a point where it can get to people. So there's always like a third party involved when it comes to being able to transmit from an animal to a human. So the idea that someone got a fucking bat and ate it and then got a virus that transmitted to everyone else, nearly impossible. Um, uh, personally, this thing was, I think this thing is made in a fucking lab and you can have all the fucking doctors who are on the payroll telling me otherwise. Uh, but the, the experimentation by the CIA who governs, uh, you know, people will say, well, there's no connection between the CIA and the CDC and, and, these, and these medical organizations. Yeah. Bullshit. The CIA controls everything. Um, so yeah, this is complete propaganda. Um, but this is also conflicting information. You know, they didn't admit that the AIDS thing was bullshit for like 30 years. You know, this they admitted like three months later. So, and is it, well, some people would say that it's just, oh, they're getting new information. No, I don't buy that either. All right. So we're going to talk about somebody very important. Dr. Ralph Barrick. Ralph Barrick is at the UNC, which is North Carolina. And that picture is not him. That just happened to be the guy on the ad that was playing at the time. Um, but Ralph Barrick has been working with coronaviruses since the early 2000s. He's the one who did the first experimentation with coronavirus in 2015 from bats, okay? Um, his paper, you can Google it, Ralph Barrick uh, coronavirus 2015 is all you got to put in, and it'll pop up with his study, but uh, he's funded by Beth Israel Hospital. I don't think I need to say anything else about that. Uh, this is the paper that he wrote sars like cluster of circulating back coronavirus. shows potential for human emergence, right? Well, it wouldn't until you amplified the damn thing, buddy. So, um, his, this paper is very important. It's very, um, it's a lot of technical writing in it. Uh, but it, it's definitely one to read and, uh, I didn't really have any more slides. I don't think, I think that's it for, uh, for that. If you can stop me on screen share, I'd appreciate it. I can't seem to do it from here.
0: Yep, I got gotcha. you. All right, all right. Very awesome information. Um, you know, I'd like to have a more optimistic outlook than you, Corey. I don't think that we, we necessarily need an asteroid to d- destroy the planet to to get past this. Although, it, you know, every day it is looking more and more like that's the easiest option. Um, you know, I think that. Information and the more people that kind of wake up to this and and can share this information. I think that's going to be a a big tool in this and I do see more people coming out with it, but um, man, you're completely right The, the the propaganda and the the misinformation with the numbers and the whole virus. It's completely destroying our country. And we really need to turn this around soon because it's just getting worse and worse every day. Uh, And the further we let it go, the more freedoms we're going to have taken away. And we're going to be in this dystopia like Charlie was talking about a few minutes ago. Um, Anything else to add to that before we close out? Yeah, I want to add something.
2: Um, I didn't have a chance. I wanted to get to the actual numbers again. The numbers, even their bullshit numbers are slowing down in growth. And when you look at the charts, we're obviously on a down slope in the numbers but um, I'm finding that uh, the propaganda still comes, even as the numbers go down, you know, that's really uh, kind of strange where the numbers are not going down is in pneumonia, right? They're not reporting influenza deaths anymore. That ended April 4th, like boom, but there is a, um, there is a pneumonia Uh, epidemic going on. We are up to something like 160 something thousand pneumonia deaths not related to COVID. That's not explained. No one's talking about that. No one's saying a damn thing about that. And that really makes me wonder, Um, because if it's not COVID related and those numbers are triple the normal rate already, and we still have five months or four months to go in the year, Mm -hmm. what is causing that? Why is pneumonia out of control, right? The flu numbers were huge. At 62,000, they cut them off this year. At 62,000, they ended all reporting. Everybody with a cough is now a, a coronavirus COVID case. So somebody out there has to be, some, some insider has to know the significance of this uh, pneumonia outbreak, non-COVID-related pneumonia outbreak, and nobody's, nobody's talking about it. And then, you know, I mentioned this on the last show we did that the uh, SARS-1 or COV-1 and MERS killed a whole lot of people. Well, actually not even really a whole lot. Um, but half of those deaths they found were not because of SARS or, or COVID or none of that, or MERS. It was because of underlying bacteria in the lungs, right? There was some sort of bacteria going around that they weren't reporting on, weren't talking about. And the combination of those two uh, were killing a lot of people. Um, so half the deaths they reported to the first cove. We're not because of COVID or COV-1, We're not related to that at all. It was the combination of the two. And then they go ahead and then they call it a superbug. Well, it's not a superbug. That would imply only one. It's multiple things that are happening at once. And there are massive breakouts of, of bacterial-related illness in China and Mongolia and a whole bunch of Asian countries. And I even read articles, I couldn't find it, in it today, but uh, saying that hundreds of thousands of people have already died from bacterial infections this year. So why are we not hearing about this? Well, number, here's the thing, bacteria uh, is not spread like, uh, like, like COVID would be spread, right? It's not spread by, uh, it's not communicable that way. It's usually on your hands and you leave it somewhere and it, it will be there for hours or days until someone else touches it and picks it up. It's direct physical to physical contact, right? So with the bacteria, you can't really scare people into wearing masks because a mask doesn't, gen, I mean, everybody should know that bacteria and masks are two different things. They have, one will not stop the other. So they can't really get you to wear a mask for a bacteria. So does that factor in any? I'm really not sure. But yeah, something else is going on with all these deaths uh, and it's not just a population increase because it wouldn't have gone up by 300% already. You know, It would have been gradual, 10%, 12%, whatever the population growth is, is, what the number would be if it was just population growth. But We're not even having population growth. Not in this country right now, we haven't in years so yeah something else yeah. is going on I don't know what it is.
0: I, I have so. seen a few more doctors and scientists healthcare workers kind of coming out and uh, making their voices heard about uh, what they found about the anomalies in this and the, the things that don't make sense but it's really hard because you know you're you're either going to get fired you won't have a practice or even worse you'll get killed coming out and talking about stuff like this but uh, it is encouraging seeing some of the, the doctors and healthcare workers come yeah, and well, call out. I watched
2: a doctor talked for about 20 minutes this week it was on youtube somewhere i'm sure it's still there maybe um and basically he was explaining the flatten the curve thing right how the and that flattening the curve does not reduce the number of people who get sick or die that number stays constant you will have that number as a constant no matter what you do with mass or otherwise um, but by wearing the masks and by keeping people in their houses all we're doing is spreading it out longer The same number of people are going to get sick and die, but it takes longer and longer and longer. Like I forget if it was Switzerland or Sweden. I always mix up those two goddamn countries. But uh, one of them, you know, in the very beginning, they had a big outbreak uh, and they weren't doing masks. They weren't making any changes whatsoever. And they don't have COVID problem now because everyone who got it, who was going to get it, they got it and that was it. It's done, right? So everyone got sick who was going to get sick and then it went back to normal because they did nothing. (laughs) And that's what should have happened here. Fucking nothing. It should have done nothing different because the same amount of people are going to get sick, same amount of people are going to die. But all we're doing is dragging it out through election season. I'm sure. Um, and then, yeah, this is, this is just political manipulation. If people would just read some basic medical uh, books or information, um, they would see that this flatten the curve shit is complete nonsense and they're doing nothing but dragging it along. So that's all I have to say about it.
0: Yeah. Anything else to add, uh, Charlie?
1: No, I mean we got we got deep on this one. We covered quite a bit. It's a it's a it's a media created virus. I mean, if if it wasn't on your nightly news, you wouldn't know it was a big deal. I mean, it's really just as simple as that. I mean, the, the the numbers don't don't add up. There's not dead bodies stacked everywhere. No, I'm glad there's not, but but there's not. Uh, the flatten the curve thing was to get people out of the you know so they didn't overwhelm the hospitals. That worked great because the hospitals were empty. There weren't people in there. I mean, there are lots of people that I know, and journalists that went to the hospitals, did videos, said, well, there's nobody there. I don't know what to tell you. So so it's hard, it's hard to tell what's happening, but I, I, I think this is an engineered chaos for, I mean, it's hard to just identify one uh agenda because there's multiple going on i mean it's not just one thing there's an election there's destabilization there's a vaccine agenda there's world economic forum stuff there's the moving tech companies to israel component to this there's getting everybody sick and you know big pharma always wants that so there's i mean who's involved everybody's involved i mean to a certain extent that the worst people in the world are involved in this the american government the american media the cdc Chinese media, the Chinese government, you know, these, these are institutions that cannot be trusted, shouldn't be trusted at all. And yet we're blindly following their, their guidelines, which are constantly changing. Um, it, you know it 's it's, it's no wonder people are on edge, and you know you, it 's it's a psychological it 's a psychological operation it 's warfare against us on a variety of levels, and our defenses are down, our immune systems are down, our immune systems are going to get attacked once we get once you know once we get out of summer we get into fall and winter i mean maybe that maybe the second wave plan is contingent on us all staying in our house, getting ourselves lowering our immune system. Uh, psychologically traumatizing us so that we're at a much uh, lower uh, defense uh, field when, when winter comes. And then we get hit with the second wave, which may be engineered. I mean, Bill Gates is talking about the second wave. Hell, he, he predicted this with his event 201 six months in advance. What makes you think he doesn't know something more about the second wave? He keeps talking about it all the time. So it leads me to believe that he's involved in
2: it and he knows something about it. So get ready. Get ready for that. You know, if if, if heat from the summer normally kills... Uh, the flu is why you don't have really outbreaks in the summer. Maybe we just need some real global warming to happen. So I recommend everyone go out and get some aerosol cans and just start spraying them in the air <laughs> and then, cow farts. <laughs> everybody eat more meat, and that we should be good, right? It's funny yeah. how this stuff contradicts some of the previous bullshit they've they've spewed on us too. You know, it's hilarious. well, well, why, if it's
1: if it's winter driven then why don't we have why do we have problems in in Australia and South America at the same time we have problems in the in, in North America you know it's it it's, i don't know
0: yeah. We just need to bring critical thinking back. I mean, everybody has the capability to do it. Just, just use your critical thinking abilities, use your intuition and, you know, if something doesn't feel right. Look into it. And if you find something fucky, share it, you know, share it with somebody and and possibly we'll get this uh, information spread and maybe make a den or difference in this. Let me know? Um,
2: So I just, I want to, I think we're pretty much done with the show. I want to comment on the premium stuff if I could real quick. Of course. Um, yeah yeah so uh i I'm not going to talk about how my last uh, web server host screwed me and cut my service a day before payment was due, but I moved everything to a new server. I got everything working except a damn social site. I'm having trouble with the database for some reason it is not wanting to communicate with the with the uh with the files so uh, I'm still working on that I'm going to be working on that all night uh, from the time I get off here um, but that will be back up very, very soon. I apologize for the inconvenience and service, uh, but I am also building us, we are working on building out a premium platform that is, go, we're going to migrate the premiums from the social over to the platform, which is basically going to be like a, a YouTube only better and it's going to be ours. And it's, it, it's the, the, we spent a lot of money on this software. It is one of the best uh, YouTube type scripts out there and it is Man, I'm impressed every time I play around with it, how good it is, but that's what's gonna happen. We're basically moving over all the social uh, premium members over to this platform. So everything should, if I do it right, be seamless for you guys to be able to log in and access all the videos on the new site. And that should hopefully be up, I wanna say within a week. Uh, but it's a very complicated script for me to work with. Uh, so, But that will be up very soon, and you guys are going to be blown away by what we are doing there.
0: Yeah, not only that, I mean, we got some very exciting content coming for that, and we will have some awesome researchers involved with us we're going to have some people that are going to be putting out their own original content Uh, once we get that going um, if you're interested in putting out original content get with us like he said that should be out a little over a week and we'll start pumping out some awesome stuff uh, so you guys can uh, start checking that out Uh, gentlemen thank you once again for joining us Um, we'll definitely have you back on soon and uh, like I said Everyone, just just use your critical thinking and um, maybe turn off the news every once in a while and uh, get some fresh air without a mask. Uh, Good night, gentlemen. You have a
1: great rest of your evening. You too. Thanks, Chris.